chance to go with the Scarbellos now to the other side. Yes, love demands sacrifice. You can love or you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And a lot of people today, they say, well, I love Jesus, but they're not willing to sacrifice for him 
he demonstrated his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I appreciate that song so much. Thank you, Kathy, with that song. We are blessed today to have uh, Brother Leon Groff. Uh, he works with the um, Reformers Unanimous up in uh, at Lighthouse Baptist Church with Brother Tom Lamonts. Brother Lamonts is a great friend and a great preacher, and his his church is doing. Uh, been there for a long time and appreciate Brother Tom and uh, his work. Please pray too for that church and uh, that God would continue to bless and to use uh, the work there. And uh, Brother, uh, please pray for Brother Johnson. Uh, he had a loss of a loved one, in, so he's down in, in Colorado. And uh, so uh, please pray for that church as they are going through uh, this time as well. And a lot of different things going on. We're People are going through heartaches and sorrow and, and, and trials. But you know what? There is still a God who's on the throne. Amen. Amen. No matter what Brother Ron King says. Amen. <laughs> I'm giving you a bad time, Brother Ron. Amen. Because your mom's not here to do it for you. So, you know, i got to do it for you. Appreciate Brother Ron and, and Alexi and appreciate having them here today. Brother Groff, come and preach to us. Appreciate it so much uh, what you shared with us in Sunday school. Look forward to it again. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for being here. It's a little hard preaching to empty pews. <laughs> I told the Sunday school class that I was the director of Reformers Unanimous, and we went in the jails in Alaska, and, and uh, every once in a while I had uh, four or five inmates there in my class and uh, talked about preaching to an empty auditorium. It wasn't empty, but they weren't listening. <laughs> but we had a good time. God was good. We've seen a lot of people saved, and, and it goes on today. I don't get excited about programs. So I get excited about the gospel. And uh, God's word can fix anybody, and God knows how many of us need fixing and uh, open your Bibles over to Romans chapter 12. We'll spend a little time there this morning. We uh, enjoyed being on staff in Alaska for 20, 20 some years. And uh, God's just been good to us. You think about pray for my dear wife. She has a lot of physical stuff going on. And, uh, but she's been beside me every step since the day back in the 70s when God called us. It's interesting, I said this in Sunday school, but he called us both at the same day. And uh, called her to be alongside of me, called me to go do what God wanted me to do. I didn't have a clue. I never would have dreamed I'd be standing up in front of people. So I mentioned that um, when I got saved, I got out. I got out of the eighth grade on my mama's pr prayers. That's the only way I got out. The teacher had worked with me a lot, and she read the final exams to me, and I filled in the blanks. I had taken it once before, and I scored about the fifth grade in the sixth month or something like that. You don't get out of the eighth grade on that, and. Uh, so when she read it to me, I got the ninth grade in the second month, and they said, get him out of here. <laughs> so God's been good. 
and uh, he'll do anything and everything to a heart that's willing to go his direction. We're going to talk this morning about being conformed to his image. Am I conformable <coughs> in Christ? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, and we thank you, Lord, for your lighthouse here in Stevensville. We thank you for each one that is here this morning. For their pastor, we ask that you would encourage his and his family's heart. And each one that's here today, Lord, I, I need your words that make you look good, and they're easy to understand. We thank you for being our God, and you're interested in each and every one of us. We ask that you give me words now. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask you to turn over to Romans chapter 12, but a, a verse that I want to give you before we go there. <clears throat> Philippians 4.13, probably a lot of you could quote it. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. God never asks us to do what he wants us to do on our own. He, wants, he gives us the strength to go there. As we look at Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God does have a perfect will for each and every one of us. There's no exceptions. <clears throat> he, he knew you when you were born. He knew you before you were born. And, <clears throat> and he has a plan. He has a plan for each and every one of us. Now, a lot of us have strayed way away from that plan sometime in our life but he's always gracious when we'll turn back. He picks us up and goes on. And so he wants to conform us to his image. And if he's going to put a title on this, I would probably say, <clears throat> uh, are you subject to God's conforming? Are you willing to be conformed by God? And, of course, in this verse, Paul wrote it, and he was begging people, I beseech you, I beg you to... <clears throat> And, and it's to Christians. It says, brethren, <clears throat> by the mercies of God, God's mercy, uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his mercy. <clears throat> and that you present your body as a living sacrifice. We have to die to my way of thinking and engraft his way of thinking. And that only comes by the word of God. Engrafting the word of God continually in my life. Uh, I talked to a pastor I don't know if you know Pastor Paisley in Riverview, and uh, that was a church my brother was going to when he led me to the Lord. And uh, Pastor Paisley told me here someday, oh, it's probably been a couple years ago, he said, you know, I had, always had in my mind, the older I get, it would be easier to do the right things. And he said, that's the farthest thing from the truth. He said, when you get older, you just know the things you're doing are wrong that you didn't even think about before. And, uh, and so <coughs> this being conformed is a continual thing. We never outgrow it. If we think we outgrow it, we got a problem. 
because we're not teachable. We need to be teachable. We need to allow God to massage our heart and relax in his truth and his power. <clears throat> his power's on my side. You know, we have a lot going on in this world today. The devil is on high trying to discourage families, individuals, homes, churches. <clears throat> he don't care who he hits. And we don't have no defense against him except for Jesus Christ and his power and his shed blood that cleanses from our sin and his blood that makes us free from everything that's ever happened in our life and makes us, gives us the strength to deal day by day <clears throat> by his shed blood. He's all-powerful, and he's on my side. That's exciting to me. <clears throat> and then it says, uh, <clears throat> sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. What do I have to do to be acceptable unto God? Get saved. That marks the entrance. <clears throat> it's not how good you are. It's not how many times you're in church. It's not how many times you read the Bible. <clears throat> Am I willing to be what God wants me to be? And when you open your Bible, is your heart willing to understand what he's saying to you? <clears throat> you say, well, I don't understand everything I read. <clears throat> He'll give you what you need to understand if you have an open heart. Only if you have an open heart. If you're opening the Bible and it seems it's hard and, and glassy when you try to read it, <clears throat> you've got a heart problem. <clears throat> you need to go to God and say, God, open my heart. Change the way I'm thinking. Obviously, there's something going on in my life that I'm not recognizing. And for me to be, <clears throat> to be acceptable to God, we, we establish is when I trusted Christ <clears throat> as my Savior. And God says it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a reasonable service. <clears throat> it's reasonable. God don't ask us to do something unreasonable. And sometimes we think, I don't know if that's reasonable. And, uh, but God always gives you the power to do what you need to do. I mentioned about learned to read late and I remember the first time I had to fill a pulpit well the first time I was Sunday school superintendent I thought this ain't going to happen they had in the church we was in they uh, elected Sunday school superintendent and uh, the other fellow that was there was two of us this is a young fellow just came back out of Bible college and they nominated him and I and I thought oh well I don't have to worry about this I was wrong. <clears throat> the first Sunday I stood up there and tried to open for Sunday school and uh, my knees were banging together and everything else was shaking and, uh, but God got me through it. And then he took me another step. I did a youth group and I was so shy, I guess is the word for it, maybe chicken, <laughs> maybe just proud. I didn't want to be embarrassed. And uh, so I'd sit down and, and and do a devotion and, and let, and let, so the young people could hear. Let, <clears throat> and part of the time I'd have one of them bring a devotion and I'd just comment on their devotion. That's how I started. And then one day he put me in the pulpit. And that was a scary day. <laughs> Still a scary day, Pastor. <clears throat> God is good. But it's reasonable for him to ask us to do things. Now, everybody's not a preacher. Everybody's not a preacher's wife, <clears throat> but everybody's a child of God. Everybody, <clears throat> God has a plan, a unique plan, if you will, for every individual. How old, young or old we are, he has a unique plan for you. 
He has <coughs> things for you to accomplish in life. And, uh, and like Pastor mentioned, there's souls all over that need to hear the gospel. And, <coughs> and so <coughs> he asks us to share the gospel and be, conform, uh, be not conformed to this world. Uh, boy, there's a lot drawn against us today to take us in the wrong direction. <coughs> Just lures people into to things that ought not to be. <coughs> it likes to get us distracted, if you will. But, <coughs> but then it says, be transformed <coughs> by the renewing of your mind. And that's a key point right in there. I never change what I do until I change the way I think. Something I do in Reformers Unanimous, and I, I tell people, you know, <coughs> as you build a personal relationship with Christ and it becomes real in your heart, uh, God will prompt you on things that he wants in your life. <clears throat> but the things that come to your mind, uh, you got four seconds to make a decision. Are you going to run towards Jesus, or are you going to start figuring it out yourself? you got a decision to make. It's that quick. Let's see, now what should I? See, you're already figuring it out. <clears throat> we need to run to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it's only him that can make us free. And, you know, like Proverbs chapter uh, 3, 5, and 6. Uh, <clears throat> now I went blank. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, <clears throat> Lean not unto thine own understanding, but in what? In all thy ways acknowledge him. And then I love this. He shall direct thy paths. That's a promise from God. If I just go his direction. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to know all about it. I don't have to know all the Bible verses to go that way. I just need to go <coughs> in the direction that he prompts us. And so renewing our mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <coughs> it's a very special place to be underneath the, <coughs> the hand of God and allow him to control us in our life. Nobody, nobody is insignificant in God's eyes. Nobody's station in life is insignificant as far as God is in concerned. No matter where we're at in our life with Christ, they're all important to him. <clears throat> maybe, maybe health keeps you from going where you used to go. Maybe your, your strength or your, or your circumstance of life don't allow you to go where you used to go and serve and do but you're still very, very important to God. He, ha he knew this season of your life before it came. He knew what was happening before it happened. And he's still on your side. He's still on the throne. He's still God. <clears throat> he still knows what's happened. <clears throat> he works in each and every one of us. And, and that's acceptable and perfect will of God. As we allow God to conform us <clears throat> to God, it says, be not conformed to this world. And we mentioned a minute ago, <coughs> excuse me, that there's so many things. Well, way to go, Leon. Just throwing things around. <coughs> that there's so many things drawing against us to be and allow us. And guess what? You don't have to try to be conformed to this world. It's an automatic. Why do I conform? Because I sin. Why do I sin? Because I'm born that way. <clears throat> I don't have to stay that way, but I'm born that way. Why are you a sinner? Why do you do wrong? Why do anybody do something wrong? Because we're born sinners. We make wrong choices naturally. 
The only way that we make right choices is get in the word of God and reprogram what I'm thinking and get the truth, and the truth does what? Makes you free. <clears throat> so as I focus on the word of God and allow him in my life to point me in the right objective, yea, to think right. And that's the key for God conforming my life. I better put the lid on that. Or I'll put it someplace where I shouldn't. <laughs> Be not conformed to this world. Being conformed to the world means to be poured into the world's way of thinking and conducting ourselves, allowing circumstances. And sometimes we're just blind to our circumstances. We're just going through life trying to make things meet, trying to make things work, and we're just blind to our circumstances. But God is above circumstances. And that's why it is so important in each and every one of our lives to have a personal love relationship with Christ in that he can prompt me and tell me, hey, Leon, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking right. And you say, well, I'm in church. I read my Bible. I pray. But you're not thinking right. So we need to have that relationship with God in that <clears throat> we can allow God to prompt us instead of allowing our flesh to lead us and be conformed uh, to the world instead of Christ. It says in Timothy, Second uh, Timothy 3, 16 and 17, you don't need to turn there, but, excuse me, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. <laughs> you need to be in the Bible. It's profitable. You know, all the things that happen every day, and we ain't got time to get in the word of God in the morning, we got a problem. <clears throat> we, our, our priority is stuck in the wrong place. We need to put him first and allow us to focus on what he's doing in our life. Hey, he has a plan for this day for you and for me. I need to be focused on him for him to be able to function and point me in the way that he wants me to go. <clears throat> so the Bible teaches us, and it, it's <clears throat> for doctrine, uh, for reproof. You know, for doctrine, <clears throat> the Bible teaches us what's right. And for reproof, he teaches us what's not right. And, <clears throat> and for correction and how to get right shows us. <clears throat> Let me say this. If we go to the Bible with the heart to listen, he'll show you things that you're doing wrong that you didn't even think about. Because his truth works in our heart. <clears throat> so he, he shows us how to get right <clears throat> for instructions in righteousness that the man or woman of God, the Christian, may be perfect. And <laughs> I don't mean sinless, <laughs> okay? None of us are there. None of us are going to rise. That's our glory. <clears throat> but perfect means I'm growing. I'm heading in that direction. <clears throat> God working in and through me. Maturity and uh, <clears throat> thoroughly furnished. In other words, having being polished by the word of God. Polish off the old rusty, crusty areas of my life <clears throat> unto all good works. God's had a work for every one of us. No matter what's going on, he has a work. Yeah. <clears throat> the ladies prompting children to think right and guys to do what God wants them to be doing in their life we all have a work to do and as pastor mentioned we have a lost and dying world people around us are going to hell not just that they're hurting they're going to hell what are we going to do about it what are we going to do about it <clears throat> God has given us a job to do 
<coughs> unto good works. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If a man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If my things and my circumstances are more important to me than what God wants me to do, I've got a problem. I'm not thinking right. <coughs> my thinker's messed up. And <coughs> so we need to keep our, our thinker on the word of God and build that personal relationship. You know, you guys, the closer you came to your wife, the more you understood what it took to make her function. <coughs> just, you could just sense, you just knew there's something wrong. You know it. Because why? You're close to her. She's important to you. How important is Christ to you? How, how, how much do you want to know what he wants you to do? How much do you want to see what he wants to work in our life? <coughs> he wants to conform me to his image. He wants to conform me to his way of thinking instead of my own way of thinking. <coughs> Lest the devil would speak in our ears and say, well, I, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time. I go to church all the time. I read my Bible. But are you thinking right? What's he doing in your life? Can you obviously look and say, this is what God did this last week in my life. God wants us to have a live, living relationship with him. Because he's live and living. <coughs> he's not a dead God. He's not sitting on the shelf somewhere. You don't have to go get him off the shelf. He's always right there. He's just waiting for me to turn around and say, hey, God, here I am. What's going on in my life? And he'll meet you. You know, my pastor in Alaska, <coughs> I was very fortunate up there in that they have two preaching services on Sunday morning. At one time we had three, <coughs> but two preaching services. And I did junior churches all the time and was over the Sunday school and, and that kind of stuff. And, and so, but the 8.30 service, I could sneak in there and, and, and hear his preaching before I went and did the rest of the stuff. And every once in a while I'd tell him, you've been reading my mail again, haven't you? And uh, God just points it if we're listening. <laughs> you could sit there and just say, well, that was a good sermon. And that's all it means. But when he speaks to you, hey, you are important. And he wants you to hear his truth. And his truth will make you free. Over in Romans, and we all quote this verse when things are going goofy, is <clears throat> Romans 8.28. And 29, and we know that all things work together for good to them that <clears throat> love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Every individual, every born-again believer is called to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, you know, <clears throat> at that point, at that point is when God knew you. You know, it's important when you get saved, that's when God knows you. That's when you trusted Christ as your Savior. Now he knows you. Before that, you were foreign. You were aliens against God. But when you trust him as Savior, that's when he knows you. Now, the relationship is up to me. I need to know him. I need to know him so that I can walk in his light. I can walk in his truth. And so, and for we know, no, I ain't reading right here. For whom he did <coughs> foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Christ. Every single thing that happens in my life is for one purpose, to conform me to Christ, to point me back to Christ. <clears throat> and that's what God's working at. God's working at continually. All the time he's working that. I need to recognize that. I need to recognize when this goes this way or that goes this way. God's got a purpose in what's happening. 
<clears throat> even though it looks totally foreign, it looks like it's against the Bible, it looks like everything that I've ever had in my life all seems foreign, but God will use it in one reason, to point me to Christ. <clears throat> Not, <clears throat> uh, we all have different afflictions in our life, different things going on in our life, and uh, <clears throat> things that we wonder, where did that come from? Yeah, I know where it came from. Hey, there's nothing that comes in your life that didn't go across God's desk first. Not one silly thing. No matter what's ever come in your life, because he is in control. He loves you, and he orchestrates your life to make you more like Christ. That's <laughs> his whole goal <clears throat> to work in and through us. Uh, part, of, part of conforming to God's uh, image means letting go. Letting go. Letting go of the past. Letting go of the hurts. <clears throat> letting go of uh, past grievances. It says in Ephesians chapter, and again, you don't need to turn there. I'm just going different ones here. But uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 31 and 32, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another. That would just change a lot of marriages right there. That's a whole counseling session right there. <clears throat> Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. There was a time in my life that I had a situation where somebody violated one of my daughters, and I was absolutely livid. If I'd had a ball bat, I'd have chased him down and beat him right there. I mean, I was furious. And fortunately, my pastor interceded and took care of it all. And, you know, in our mind, we say we got to forgive. You just got to forgive. And that's what we all know is the right thing to do is forgive. But there's a difference between saying I forgive and choosing to forgive. And so that went along for several years. And one day, my wife and I, I took her down to Texas for some treatments. This is many years ago. And we was living in a motorhome, and I woke up from a dream, wringing wet with sweat. And I, I don't focus on dreams at all, but God had my attention. And in that dream, I had a ball bat, and I was beating that guy. And all of a sudden, I realized, Leon, you haven't forgiven me. And so at that time, I chose to forgive. Up to that point, if somebody mentioned that name, it didn't have to be him, just that name, it would bring back the fury that was inside. It was still there. It was still on my hook. <clears throat> and that, that day, I made the choice to put him on God's hook. God, you've got to take care of him. It's not up to me. And that turned me loose. That makes us free. <clears throat> so forgiveness will keep me from building, a, I mean, unforgiveness will keep me from building a personal relationship with Christ. I need to forgive whatever happened, whether it happened to me or if I've done something stupid or whatever it is, I have to choose to forgive. Because why? Because for Christ's sake, he has forgiven me. Am I bigger than God? He forgave me. I mean, the stupidest things that I did before I was saved, <clears throat> and he forgave me. And some of the things that I've done after I was saved, and he forgave me. <clears throat> and I don't choose to forgive somebody or a circumstance or something. Who am I? 
I put myself above God when I choose. <clears throat> and so for me to be conformed to the image of God, I need to take these attributes and effusions, if you will, and bitterness, things that have happened in my life I've never got over. And, uh, you know, one of the things that alerts someone to bitterness is that every once in a while I'm rehearsing it. It's still there. You haven't got rid of it. You need to turn it over to Christ, and you don't have the power to do that. You need to ask God to help you do it. By the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm choosing to forgive and put the incident there. It's the shed blood of Christ that gives us freedom. That's what does power over Satan. <clears throat> we need to focus on those things. So bitterness and wrath. Uh, I had a horrible problem with angry. I won't go into the stuff that helped prime that pump, but it was a lot of stuff. And <clears throat> of course, gossiping and and uh, all all these things. Malice is a desire to get even with somebody for what they've done to you. Uh, uh, create some kind of physical in injury to people. And, uh, <clears throat> but the, you can tell, it's important that I take a continual uh, inventory of my thinking. And <clears throat> do I have right thoughts towards those around me? Do I have a loving attitude towards somebody. Well, you don't understand what they did to me. That ain't what I asked you. Do you have a loving attitude? Hey, Jesus loved us while we were yet sinners, while I was wicked. <coughs> God says well, we're wicked. <coughs> and uh, uh, wicked is the devil, devil himself. A heart is deceitful above all things and what? Desperately wicked. That's each and every one of us, lest we think we're anything better than that. <coughs> and, and, but God has forgiven me. And <coughs> God loves me. And he displays his love to me. And we've watched it happen in our lives time after time. And so we'll wind up here. Uh, properly controlling emotions shows others that our strength is in Christ. Things around me and stuff that's happening don't control my life. Oh, they want to. They would love to. <clears throat> but we don't have to let them. We, have <coughs> we need to run to Jesus Christ and allow him to work in our life. Uh, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit, or his temperament, <coughs> than he that taketh a city. <coughs> we need to be not self-controlled, and not <coughs> controlling myself in situations. I need to be spirit-controlled. And so I need to build this personal relationships Hey, there were some things I did before I was married. Once I was married, if I just thought of it, oh, I better not do that. Why? Because it's prompting something going on in here. Hey, when I got saved, <laughs> he changed a bunch of stuff. And we ain't going to talk about it here this morning. But he changed a bunch of stuff. <clears throat> so that don't need to stop. That, his conforming needs to go on day after day after day. And so when he prompts me, Leon, you're not thinking right there. Or maybe you ought to be doing this. Or maybe you ought to be going here. We need to build that personal relationship <clears throat> in a way that we have dealt with the grievances, if you will. Uh, <clears throat> not God against you, but you against God. Because once you trust Christ as your Savior, 
you're his child. He loves you just the way you are. You don't have to fix anything for God to love you. <clears throat> he loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants to change your lives by conforming to Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and stand <clears throat> as we pray. As the pianist comes, heads bowed and eyes closed, and think about it. What's God saying? What's God want to work in your heart? Because he's no respected person. He loves us all exactly the same. <clears throat> As our pastor leads us in a song. If you, you need to come to the altar, God will meet you here. He's that <clears throat> he never turned his back on anyone. He's prompting your heart to come forward. There's an altar here. He wants to meet with you, Pastor. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I know that God's working in our hearts today. He wants to transform us <clears throat> by the renewing of our mind. You can't have the same mind that you had before you got saved think that you're on the right path because it's a different thinking when we turn our life over to Jesus Christ. Is God speaking to you this morning? Do you know for sure that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven? Are you 100% sure if something happened to you right now, would you go? If not, won't you come? Softly and is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Precious God and Father, we thank you today for this time, and Lord, we thank you for the words that have been shared with us. Lord, I pray that you would cause our mind, our thoughts, to be in alignment with your thoughts. Your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts, unless we yield our life and let you conform us. And so, Father, I pray that you'd transform our thinking, help us to think the way that you would think. Lord, help us to live the way that you would desire for us to live, that would bring praise, honor, and glory to our Savior. Father, we thank you and we praise you now for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to ask Brother Groff if you'll be back in the back and get a chance to shake hands with those uh, folk that are there. And thank you so much for coming. hope you'll be here tonight at 5 o'clock for our evening service. You are dismissed. Mm -hmm.